and welcome to another episode of Dual Realities and Split Personalities. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Kipper Cook. Uh, and at the end of yesterday's episode, I got into a little rant about internet and technology, and I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's the route I'm going to take this morning. Um, <clears throat> I was talking about how the internet, how awesome it is, and how it's making uh, everything you know, kind of level the playing field, uh, especially with producers versus consumers. Uh, you know, with actually throughout humanity, we've mostly been consumers. Uh, and with the internet, we've just kind of crossed into this phase where we're becoming more and more people are becoming producers. Uh, this concept, actually, there's a book I read called, uh, what was that book called? Oh, Program or Be Programmed by an author named Douglas Rushkoff. And he talks about how throughout history, um, the masses are kind of uh, one step behind the, I guess, controlling elite population, meaning that there's some people that possess this certain skill to disseminate information, uh, and the rest of us are kind of one step behind in consuming that information. Uh, and it goes all the way back to um, thousands of years ago, not like a conspiracy theory or anything, just kind of the way society is set up. Uh, you know, because when written language uh, first came about, uh, there were only a few people who could interpret that language, uh, even fewer who could write it, and then a few who could interpret it and to kind of disseminate that information out to the masses. And then um, the printing press was invented. So, you know, at that point, a lot more people uh, could be consumers. A lot more people could uh, basically, your average, more along the lines of your average person being able to you know, read without taking it for granted that this text that someone is reading to them, uh, it's actually what, you know, is written down on that text. And we're kind of entering a new phase into that where, um, you know, with the internet, we can actually all be our own producers of content. And, you know, with being producers of content, we can, instead of just, you know, rapid consumption of, you know, just reading, let's say reading books and stuff, we can write our own stuff and we can publish it on the web. And actually, in that book, he talks about the next stage, and, you know, this is still going on, except now this this kind of, basically, the, the class that you want to be in now is people who can write programming code. He said that's kind of the language of the future, because more and more our lives are going into computer programs, and everything's being controlled by computers, so you want to be able to, you know, he, he, very, he heavily advocates learning how to write program, how to write code, um, something... I actually, in college, I took a HTML class, and I'm telling you, that was a headache, just basic HTML, so, and now he actually, you know, he's a pretty smart guy, but he says, actually in China, that's something they teach in high school, so America is going to be heavily behind the curb in this new, in this new economy of intellectual capitalism, um, so, that's something I think we kind of need to definitely evaluate uh, in our school systems, hey, maybe, and he, and he talks about, you know, they teach them these kids from a very young age and it's essentially another language just like the English language or Spanish or something like that and you know when you ingrain that in such an early age in these kids they understand it you know on a whole different level than you know most adults like you or I Uh, but you know going into the future of technology and things I saw this if you go to YouTube or Google uh, Google's actually got this actually one thing I, I love the company of Google in that there's a lot of things I disagree with Google but there's a lot of things I like about Google 
their whole research and innovation, especially being, you know, most companies today, their bottom line is to make profit. So Google, you know, it's very, I guess it's very exciting that they can have a lot of this research and development because a lot of companies, they don't want to push into that kind of R&D because they know it, it, they have to be developing products they know that they can turn a profit on. You know, you, you got to have your um, ROI, your return on investment. Um, and that's why I think I was listening to a podcast with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He was talking about how, you know, companies out in space will never, they talk about, you know, space is going to this private market. Uh, companies will never be the ones who, are the first to explore out to, let's say, go to Mars, for example, because um, they're just going to lose money doing that. It has to be governments because there's no initial return on investment. Now, of course, with space tourism kind of starting up, that groundwork has already been laid by governments who've come before, so those companies can now jump in uh, and reap the benefits, a.k.a. profits, uh, of doing that sort of thing. But, yeah, um, Google is coming out with this new, they're actually coming out with a lot of stuff, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked, because I'm thinking about, they're coming out with the Google car, maybe that's something I'll talk about later, I'm very excited about that, uh, and they're also coming out, they're, they're coming out with, well, I'm not going to say coming out with, they're, um, I guess in the research phases of what are called Google Glass, I think it's Google Glasses, um, but basically they're a set of lenses, a set of glasses that you put on. Uh, and then they display in your world uh, kind of an augmented reality. And if you have never heard of that term, I definitely suggest looking it up, augmented reality. Uh, I read a book by a um, very famous, I guess, theoretical physicist, Michio Kaku. Uh, you see a lot of his stuff. He's, he's on TV a lot. Uh, the first time I saw him, I think, was on the Discovery Channel uh, when he was talking about, you know, future cities and what they would be like and basically our world and 2057, I think, was the year that they kind of arbitrarily set there. Um, but, you know, in his book, he talks a lot about this augmented reality and the possibilities of it. Uh, and it's really interesting. So basically, you put on these glasses, or, and he also says, you know, maybe it'll be a contact or something like that. And and also, you know, think about the implications of that. In your glasses, or, or let's say contacts, the way technology accelerates, you know, it's it's actually um, exponentially accelerating, meaning that it doubles every 18 months. And he also says there's this thing called Moore's Law, where at one point, at some point, you're kind of going to reach this tipping point where it can't get any smaller. And he, I think he says that's going to happen sometime around uh, 2025. But anyway, going back to the contacts and glasses you're going to have the power of your iPhone times five in a contact lens or your glasses because, you know, it's going to get smaller, it's going to get cheaper, and it's going to get a lot more powerful. I mean, just think 10 years ago uh, what your average computer could do versus an iPhone today. You know, I've got the newest, the iPhone 4S, and the fact that it can, you know, take and edit 1080p video at 30 frames per second and not have any lag time. I know computers five years ago uh, that that would struggle heavily doing that. A desktop PC that couldn't handle what a cell phone is doing today. And that seems like that's happened overnight. So just think five years from now, especially considering the fact, again, that technology exponentially grows. Um, but yeah, with the with the augmented reality, 
uh, I saw a post online and said, this is Big Brother's wet dream. And, you know, I do see the implications of that as well. Uh, you know, but, you know, that's like with everything. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a person who actually is kind of fearful of this because, uh, you know, from the perspective of Big Brother and invasion of privacy, because Big Brother with the technology we have now can do all that Big Brother is going to do with these glasses. Um, so, you, you know, that's a balance you've, you've got to look at now. And I, and I, I am of the opinion that our government is kind of going too far in the name of, in the name of safety. Uh, you know, I think if you just, you know, reasonably rationally look at how many people die, I think there was an article online that I read one time and it said, you know, in 2009, 29 people died because of lightning strikes. Nine people died because of nine. This was Americans. Nine Americans died because of terrorist attacks. Uh, and then it, you know, it showed the money we spend every year fighting terrorism, for example. And it was like maybe we need to reevaluate our priorities uh, because lightning strikes are killing more people than terrorist attacks. Um, but yeah. Hold on, let me drink drink a little sip of coffee here on my way to work this morning. Oh, that's good stuff. 90 weight is what I call it. I just put about twice the amount of twice the amount of uh, coffee grounds in there. So I have to drink half the amount of liquid. Genius, I know. Yeah, and I saw someone else write on the uh, message board about these glasses. Uh, post-humanism, here we are, you know, with, with these glasses. You know, it's basically like, oh... You know, we'll, uh, let's not do that because it's going to turn us in, into something else. And what I would say to that is we are already there. I mean, you know, you are so connected right now with, let's say you have a smartphone, for example. And I use a smartphone as an example of why. I think that's one of the most revolutionary technologies uh, that is going to change our world combined with, the act, with, obviously, the Internet. You know, a smartphone will be absolutely nothing uh, without the Internet. Um, but yeah, we're already there, you know, what you can do with the iPhone, um, it's amazing, you know, right now I'm doing this podcast that could potentially, I, I doubt it's going to get that, that many views, but could potentially, you know, be distributed all throughout America or, or excuse me, not America, the world, you know, somebody in Shanghai can listen to this, uh, theoretically and, you know, it, it's, it's just amazing. It kind of blows my mind. Uh, it's just really interesting stuff. And, you know, you got the Google car as well. Google car. That, that to me is, I can't wait. You know, especially I'm, I'm a person, hopefully I won't do this my, my entire life. I certainly hope so. But, you know, I work at a factory. I work 12 hour shifts and I work swing shifts. So one week I'm working nights, the next week I'm working days. Uh, and you know, when you get off of night shifts, it's very, you're very tired, you know, you're just, you're just worn out, and, you know, I got about a 30 minute drive, it's not that bad, I actually kind of enjoy the drive, it's kind of my, the one time in the day where I kind of get to myself to kind of relax, and, you know, now I've kind of started this, doing this podcast in the morning, which I kind of like that too, it's, it's almost a form of therapy, I think, it kind of, it gets me amped up and gets my juices rolling in the morning as well. You know, when I get to work, I think I'm a little bit more on it than I was uh, just kind of driving in in a kind of zombie-like state that most of us are in. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you can just, I can't imagine just getting in my car, 
punching it in, all right, take me to the house, I'm going to take a nap for 30 minutes, or, you know, I think I'd be a lot more inclined to take road trips as well, you know, it's like me and my family can get in the car, we can hang out for, you know, a, a couple of hours and go to our destination, whereas, you know, me and my girlfriend are kind of fighting over who has to drive. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing. It is truly amazing where technology has come, uh, and I think we're going to evolve kind of in into that technology, which is like I say, it's 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 also a scary thing. But but again, to all all the people that talk about the woes of technology and that sort of thing, yeah, you know, I gave a good example. Is um, you know, without modern technology, let's say. Let's say back 1800. If I, if in 1800 me and my girlfriend would have tried to, if she if she would have tried to give birth to my son in 1800, they would have both died in labor uh, because they had to do an emergency cesarean because he he was just way too big. I'm a big guy myself. I'm six foot six, 300 pounds. And my son, he's already, he's already, he's in the 99th percentile for height on his growth chart, and he's been that way for two years, he's a really, he's a big boy, uh, you know, I look at my growth chart when I was younger, and I was only in the 85th percentile, so, that kind of, that makes me a little weary of, you know, is he going to be bigger than I am, is he, is he going to look at me one day when he's 16 years old and say, what's up, daddy? <laughs> I guess every every father who has a especially who has a son, you know, he kind of has that in the back of his mind. It's like, yeah, when this son gets old enough, is, I'm a, I'm, is he going to be able to lay down the law? I'm gonna have to show him who's the boss, that sort of thing. Last night I posted my first podcast online. That was an interesting process. I uh, it was a little harder than I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, with all the different mechanics and steps of doing it, but. I think once you do it the first time and kind of lay the groundwork, I think it's going to be pretty simple from here on out. But yeah, that the Google car, it's actually already logged like 200,000 miles uh, accident-free. And if and that's actually, you know, I think this that show that Michio Kaku was on that I was talking about before, uh, Future City or Future World, whatever it was called, there were like five different installments of it, and they talked about different aspects of the future, like cities, your personal gadgets, that sort of thing, uh, but one of them they talked heavily about was cars that drive themselves, and that, you know, they, they basically talked about, you know, all these cars, and it's crazy, you know, after the show comes out, I don't know if Google saw that and was like, hey, we, we can do that, certainly we can do that, uh, but yeah, they, you know, they created this car, and it runs off of not only GPS, but it runs off of like sonar, radar, so it's got this cross integration of different systems that basically are fail safes against one another. Because a lot of people that I talk about, oh, that I talk about this with, are like, oh yeah, that's fine until the GPS goes out and you in the woods. <laughs> well, no, they they've obviously accounted for that. If me and you can think of that, do you not think the top engineers of Google? have already come up with that solution, you know, obviously we're in the wrong line of work if we're, if we're trumping those guys, uh, but yeah, it, 
it uses radar and sonar, uh, and it kind of basically does a 3D map every split second of where it's at, uh, and it's logged 200,000 miles accident-free, and what really, what I find really encouraging about that is the fact that it's 200,000 miles accident-free on roads that other unpredictable drivers are driving on. I think if you had nothing but Google cars on the road, I mean, you would really, really, really cut down accidents because people get tired, people get distracted, people podcast while they drive. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, you have all these different variables that a computer system doesn't really allow for. Obviously, you know, especially where I live, yeah, you have the random deer running out across the road. They've tested that as well. It's actually as responsive, if not more, with braking uh, in the event of an unexpected object crossing its plane, it's better than that than a human is. Uh, it can navigate a cone course. They, they There's a video online of it navigating this course of just a little bitty, like, mini rally course, I guess, uh, in a parking lot. They set up a bunch of cones, but this thing is, I mean, it's rolling through them quick. And, you know, the driver's just sitting there just in amazement. And he said, man, I couldn't have done, I couldn't have done that. So, I mean, I find that very encouraging. You know, I think basically the biggest obstacle with that is kind of the integration of those cars with, you know, people. Because I think that's going to take a long, long time. Obviously, people got to have the money to buy something like that, too. You know, they sit in a perfect society where we can just build them and give them to everybody. You have to. You gotta earn money. You gotta you gotta buy it. Um, but I think once that kind of transition takes place, uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, maybe I need to plan more stuff to talk about on the podcast in the morning. I'm kind of like just freeballing it, and it is early. I'm almost to work now. Makes the time go by. I'll tell you that. Not that I like I said before. Not that I dreaded. Uh, the drive-in. Oh yeah, I thought about kind of a segment I'll do at the end of each podcast. And again, I'm just kind of feeling my way through these. Um, I'm sure the format's going to drastically change eventually. Hopefully, I'll I'll get better at it as I kind of as I kind of do it more. I'll get better at it, and you know, find different things to talk about. Maybe do a little bit of planning uh, beforehand. Uh, but I think my I'm going to do a segment at the end of each one called uh, Kemper's Suggestion of the Day. Uh, And today, my suggestion is if you have Netflix instant streaming, and if you don't have it, that's, it's awesome. You know, I I actually, I don't have, going back to how awesome the internet is, I don't have cable. I haven't had cable since uh, the summer of 2009. I, uh, I moved from Charleston up here, and I just we just never got it because now in Charleston, I guess it kind of made sense to do it because it was bundled with internet. But here, I mean, you're gonna I live in the upstate of South Carolina, and I don't live in a urban area. I live out in I live out in the woods, so to speak. Uh, but you're gonna pay an arm and a leg to have those two things. So push come to shove, I got to have the internet. You know, you can forget cable. I'm I'm. I'm perfectly fine without it. I haven't had it in two years, and I I really don't miss it. You know, you you, it, and it's awesome because it gives you you know you're not sus, you're not watching TV all the time. It's really kind of 
really helped me to kind of evaluate different things um, and not be distracted, not be entertained constantly. I think that's one of the biggest problems in America is our oversaturation of entertainment. You know, the, everybody wants to entertain. You know, and I think there's good and bad forms of entertainment, especially stuff like these podcasts where, you know, I, I listen uh, to a couple of them. And it is, it's it's entertaining, but I find a lot of useful information in those. And I also find a lot of different perspectives. And, you know, I'm not, I really like the podcast where, it, you know, and I know a lot of these, these people, unlike me, I'm kind of doing it as a hobby right now, but a lot of these people are making livings off of these. So they got to have advertisers. But, you know, I like the format where it's like they get it out of the way at the beginning and then it's just, you know, it's straight content from that form, from that point on. So, uh, I love that. <clears throat> I, I hate, I hate, I hate being advertised to, um, you know, and I, I understand the value, I guess, of advertising, but I really don't enjoy it. And, you know, I'm a kind of person who's extremely brand conscious, meaning that I'm not going to allow myself to be branded as much as I can, you know, let that happen because I see how, you know, that, that's something I, I learned about in college as a communications major, the whole, the whole art of branding someone. And, you know, there's this, there's actually been this whole shift in society where, you know, that's why, that's one of the reasons why youth in our culture is celebrated so much, which I, I think it's a travesty. I think we should celebrate our elders. We should try and, you know, learn from the wisdom that they've gained through a lifetime of experience. I mean, you cannot get that. You know, I, I think it's very important to kind of look to our elders to see, you know, what a lifetime of experience has taught them. And, you know, I think it's a travesty in our society that we don't value them what basically whatsoever. Um, it's, it's really sad. Um, but, yeah, going back to my suggestion of the day, um, that is, if you have Netflix, if not, maybe you should get it. Look into that. I think I pay $10 a month to stream all the content off Netflix. I will say it's not the greatest, um, it's not the greatest directory of content in the world. Uh, they got a lot of, a lot of crap on there. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff on there. I use it a lot because my, uh, I have a two-year-old and, um, we have a couple of shows that we let him watch. Sesame Street and Curious George, every now and then Thomas the Train. I, Curious George, my girlfriend has this thing where she says that my son can really identify with George because he can't communicate to the outer world. Uh, you know, he can, but it's very difficult for him in the exact same way that it is for George. And if you watch it from that perspective, it's, it's kind of awesome to see, it's kind of awesome to see that, you know. So we think that my son truly identifies with George in that <laughs> in that aspect. But yeah, all right. So I'm gonna wrap it up here now that I'm at work. If if you have Netflix, watch the IT Crowd. That is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. I love it. I mean, I've one time I watched that show and I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. So it's a it's an awesome show. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, I highly highly recommend it. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to do this again tomorrow. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, maybe I'll go into post-production and edit this one up a little bit because I had a little bit of a few gaps in there. My, my brain's in kind of a funk this morning, but I'm getting there. You can kind of... I'm sure you can hear that I'm a little stopped up as well. My sinuses this time of year... 
kind of flare up in the spring. All right, guys, well, you'll have a great day. Be positive in all your interactions, uh, and I will see you later.